Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Well, hello there, family. Are you having a good Sabbath? Yeah, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. So, I'm always excited when I get to pull out one of my favorite words. You can only use it on certain occasions. And so, I'm excited to say this is the penultimate sermon in our chosen series. If you don't know what that word means, you can go ahead and Google the definition. But you can only use it in certain situations. And I used it during first service. And I got a text from a friend. He said, didn't you mean to say penultimate? (laughs) If you don't get the cultural reference, it's okay. Um, So uh, whichever way you want to do it, I did mean to say penultimate. Look it up. I just love using that word. I don't know why I like the word. I just do. All right. So um, here's a little clue, by the way. This is our uh, second to last sermon in this series. Um, And so we've been doing a series on The Chosen, a wonderful, wonderful uh, multi-season series on the life of Jesus. If you're not familiar with it, again, whatever search engine you like, just type it in. It's a great thing. Um, We are actually going, this is the only episode of The Chosen from season three that, that we're using in this series. Did that on purpose. I know that some people have watched, a lot of people watch first and second season. I do have some friends who still haven't made it all the way through season three. However, this particular episode, there was just no way I could leave it out. It happens to be Randy McGray's favorite, and I have to say it's one of my favorites too. And so we're doing this, and if you haven't watched um, The Chosen, and particularly if you haven't watched season three, um, there is a theme that runs through season three. And in my opinion, that theme is, what do you do when Jesus disappoints you? What do you do when Jesus disappoints you? When Jesus doesn't do what you want him to do? And if you'll watch the season, you see that theme coming up again and again, where Jesus doesn't do what Jesus is capable of doing, and the disciples have to grapple with why on earth wouldn't Jesus care about what I'm going through. And so this particular episode is, I think, one of the really uh, powerful episodes that has to do with it. And the episode is really about Jesus taking his brand new disciples, brand new, and saying, I want you to go out two by two and share the good news. Share the good news that you've received from me with, uh, with the, you know, the world around you. So I'm going to send you out two by two to do this. So I have a question for you as we kind of dive in here. And the question is this. Last, last week, Carla gave a phenomenal sermon. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, please go back and watch it. It was really, really powerful. Yeah. I can't wait for her to transition to being up here every week. We're, we're working on that. With, and so she's, uh, she's being a little slow. Encourage her. Um, so... It's such a good sermon. And what, if you, you know what the key to that sermon was, right? What was it? You're enough. You're enough. And my question is for you today, enough for what? Enough for you? Enough for Jesus? 
But is there action in being enough? Is being enough just so that you can feel good about yourself? Or is being enough an action that when you feel good about, when you know that you are enough, that maybe that gives you the freedom to do things that you might not do otherwise? So let me ask you, is there anything that you know Jesus has asked you to do that you haven't done? Anything Jesus is calling you to do that you're like, I know you know everything, but you might be wrong on this one. I mean, I'm not, you know. I know, okay, you guys can laugh at me and say, oh, that's blasphemous to say, but you know you think that. You know. You know that there's been times in your life where you felt God touch your shoulder and say, hey, I need you to do this. And you'd be like, yeah. Right? So I want to go through a couple reasons that the chosen pops up that you might have said, Here's one. This is it. Don't feel any different. I don't need you to feel anything to do great things. With all due respect, Rabbi, we've only just begun as students. We're not nearly qualified enough. Why would you need us for this work? He doesn't need us. He wants us. Thank you, C. Very good. So, did you catch that? Yeah. What was the reason? What? Not qualified. Well, Jesus, don't you know that, uh, you know, <coughs> whatever it is that you're asking me to do, that uh, I'm not qualified for that. I don't have the qualifications to do it. I, I, can I just tell you? <laughs> um, many of you are very familiar with this. Some of you might be new. Um, Completely unqualified to be pastor, right? Uh, it's one of the things that I, I wake up sometimes at night and be like, oh, what, what's going on here? My undergraduate degree is in public relations. My master's degree is in organizational leadership. And I told myself when God called me to be a pastor, you're, what? No, I mean, I felt called from an early age to be a pastor, but when I got to college and was, was majoring in theology, the theology department assured me that God hadn't called me to do it. <laughs> they're, they're, they, they really did. They, they let me know, literally. They, like, uh, they gave, you a, gave me a personality test that was supposed to measure my personality against successful pastors um, my junior year, and it came back. They were like, you can't fail the test, but you did. Um, you're not, you, know, you don't have the personality to be a pastor. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't like you anyway. So, um, and so, so can you imagine like I, and so then I go and I work, I do religious where I work for the church for two years out of college doing communications. And it was like the worst experience of my life uh, professionally. Just, it was, it was not good. And I was like, boy, that test was really accurate. I wasn't meant for this. You know, I'll just share Jesus in my own little way. And by the way, can I just tell you, uh, being a pastor is not the ultimate calling out there. It isn't. It's just what God called me to. Whatever God's called you to is your ultimate calling. And it's just as important as what, I've, what I'm doing right now. And so, but when I finally got this phone call, I'm, I'm doing communications. I get a phone call from this conference saying, hey, we wonder if you'd be willing to be a pastor. I was like, You're, no. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not qualified for this. And they're like, that's okay. We'll send you to seminary. I was like, okay, let me go ahead and back up a little bit. Not only am I not qualified, I'm not willing to get qualified. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, I'm like, at this point I have two children. I am, you know, in my 30s and I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't, I feel called to be a pastor. I don't feel called to live in rice and beans and freeze to death in Michigan. I don't hear God saying that to me. I don't. And they said, well, what if we didn't make you do that? And I was like, well, then we can have a conversation. And they said, great, send us your resume and cover letter. And I said, sure. And the deadline went. And my wife said, did you do what you said you'd do? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> She's like, why not? I said, because I, I just, this, this can't, I'm not qualified. And she said, are you not qualified or are you just afraid? <gasps> don't you hate it when your spouse tells you the truth? <laughs> the people who love you? If you don't have a spouse, you know, the people who love you tell you the truth about yourself? It's like, yeah, I'm afraid. So I got even with her. That night, I wrote the worst cover letter of all time. It literally started off with, I am the wrong person for this job. Seriously, that's how it started off. Here's, and I said, I'm going to give you five reasons why I will be an absolute dumpster fire for you. I, I think these are five reasons why I'm going to be terrible for this job. I've got a bad temper. I don't bite my tongue. I am anti-authoritarian. I can't remember what the other two, but they were equally bad. I've got, you know, I've got things in my past that, that, that I'm not proud of. And then, and then here's five things that I might be okay. I don't know. And can you believe it? They asked me to be a pastor. And here I am today. <laughs> completely unqualified. Completely unqualified. <laughs> completely unqualified except for that Jesus asked me to do it. So maybe, maybe that's where you've been at. Maybe you're like, I'm not qualified to do whatever it is that you hear Jesus asking you to do. Maybe that's, maybe that's one of your, your reasons. Maybe another one is like, maybe you feel qualified or maybe you don't feel qualified, but you know, you could feel qualified, but you're like, I, I, what would I say? You know, like these disciples. You said, if anyone will not listen to our words, what words exactly, what are we supposed to teach? Anything you've ever heard from me. I've only ever heard the one sermon. You heard the best one anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're oh, so good. <laughs> Let me tell you, anybody who's given sermons before has had that said to them. That sermon was so good. That was so much better than, I mean, that's really good. And um, I love how they humanize this and how they let Jesus be a real human being. And I love that Jesus gives that funny look at him. Oh, yeah. and, and, but... But yeah, have you ever thought, well, I don't, you know, I haven't read the Bible all the way through. I certainly haven't read it through seven times. I feel like I'm supposed to go tell this person that I work with or this family member. I feel like I'm supposed to kind of have a, a spiritual conversation with them. But I don't, I don't know. What would I say? What are the words I'm supposed to say? I don't know. And I love what they, they put in Jesus' mouth. Because it's actually, it is biblical. Jesus said, go and tell what, what you've seen and heard done. Tell what I've done for you. If you don't know what to say, just tell what Jesus has done for you. Maybe it's that colleague who's going through a divorce. You haven't been through a divorce, but you see that they're hurting. And you just go up to them and say, you know what? I've been hurting in my life. And this is what Jesus did for me. And by the way, what can I do to walk with you? What can I do to walk you through this? 
talk about what Jesus has done for you. And sometimes, sometimes Jesus hasn't done it for you. You know, I have preached this and I have heard it so many times in, in, in circles, in Christian circles said. So, but I've really begun to question it. You know, it's okay for pastors to change their mind over time. There's sermons I look back that I gave a couple years ago I cringe about. But the phrase is, you can't give what you don't have. Do you believe that? I have. I've believed that for a long time in my life. You can't give what you don't have. I don't believe it anymore. I don't believe it. And I don't believe it because I have looked back on my career and there have been times where I've been a really lousy parent, but God has helped me give good parenting advice. I've been a really lousy husband, but God's helped me give good advice about being a husband. Advice that I needed to take. <laughs> There's been times in my life where I've been struggling with a sin that I've had a church member walk in and say, I'm struggling with that sin. And God's put words in my mouth that have helped that person. Words that I've actually used in my own life. So I don't know. I don't know that I believe anymore that you can't give what you don't have as long as you have Jesus. Because it's really in the end Jesus that gives, not you. And so if you know how to take your finger and point towards Jesus, that's the only thing you have to give. Just directions to where Jesus is at. And Jesus will take care of the rest. And I love how the chosen, I love how the chosen takes this concept and really humanizes it with the story of little James. Now this, this particular part is, is what we would call extra biblical. And in other words, it's not in the biblical record. So this is the producers and the writers using their holy imagination. And it's one of the things I really appreciate because what they've done is they've taken the disciples and they made them into real people. You know, not the stained glass that we like to make them, but the, the you know, well, Peter had some character flaws, but no, they make them real 3D people that are real 4D people, really. And in the case of little James, because there's two Jameses amongst the disciples, right? So uh, James, the brother of John, and then the other James. So they've chosen to call them big James and little James. Now, little James in this series, one of the things they've done that I love is they've actually made little James lame. And over the course of two seasons and going into, into this third season, Jesus has done nothing about it. And it has to be kind of obvious. It's not, Jesus knows little James is, I mean, it's obvious. And little James hasn't really confronted Jesus about it. But he kind of reaches his boiling point when Jesus says, I'm going to send you out two by two to preach the gospel and to heal the lame and the sick. And James like, well, let's, you can see what he says. Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am. Um, forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. It's 
slow to speak. It's a very good quality. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a question. Please? So you're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. <laughs> Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition, which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Then why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this, to know how to focus on all that matters, so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Let it sink in a little bit. While that isn't in the Gospels, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says that God gave him a thorn in the flesh. He doesn't say what it was, but apparently it was bad enough that he wanted it gone because a thorn in the flesh is painful. And he said that he prayed three times that that thorn be taken out. And each time Jesus said back to him, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, Dallas Jenkins, who created and does a lot of the writing for The Chosen, has done a lot of research, read a lot of different books. And one of the books that he read was a book by Ellen White, the founder of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and somebody that I believe was inspired by God. And I wondered as I watched that scene whether Dallas was thinking about this probably one of my favorite quotes that Ellen ever gave in Desire of Ages. Ellen wrote, God never leads his children otherwise than they would choose to be led. If they could see the end from the beginning, 
and discern the glory of the purpose which they are fulfilling as co-workers with him. Of all the gifts that heaven can bestow upon men, fellowship with Christ in his sufferings is the most weighty trust and the highest honor. I don't like to suffer. In fact, I regularly pray that Jesus won't let me suffer. I regularly pray that Jesus will take away the things that, that hurt. And there have been times in my life where I have known I've been praying a good thing and not being able to understand why Jesus didn't do anything about it. And I've wanted to use that as an excuse to not do the other things that he's asking me to do. Well, I'll tell you what, when you take care of this, then I'll be able to do what you want me to do, what you're calling me to do. And yet, as I try to mature in my spiritual walk, I am reminded that true Christian maturity is moving ahead when I don't see where the next step is going to be. It's not waiting for Jesus to take things away and open up the door. It's walking into the Red Sea and trusting that it's going to part. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together, family. You've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Family, we don't do ourselves favors by hiding the fact that we're struggling. That's why one of the reasons I try to be real with you up front. I'm not a perfect person. I struggle, I've got my problems. Because I'd like to think that as we, as we suffer for Christ, suffer with Christ, we can look around the people around us, see that the struggle they're going through, the suffering that they, they're experiencing, and gain strength by the fact that together we struggle on. Not always understanding, but having to trust that a good God loves us and that we are enough in spite of whatever it is that we are going through. And trusting that the words that the chosen put into Jesus' mouth in this next clip are true. You will be healed. It's only a matter of time. Uh, this is the part of our service where we get to affectionately grill Pastor Ken <laughs> and ask him some follow-up questions based on the, the message that he just shared with us. Um, if you have questions, again, please uh, share them online. You can do that through wholelife.church slash live. Uh, whatever we can't get to today, we'll follow up with our podcast uh, later on this week. So, Ken, one of the questions that came through uh, that we'd like to share um, I understand God's timing is perfect, and I can be used in my weakness, but does that mean I shouldn't continue to pray for healing? Well, that's a really good question. And um, 
My answer would be, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing, you know, Paul said he prayed three times. I don't know if he didn't pray another four, five, or six times. I don't know. Uh, he mentions three. I'm not sure whether that was what his rationale. Three tends to be a, a perfect number in the Bible. So, um, but no, I, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with continuing to ask Jesus for what you want and for what you feel like you need from him. In fact, I, I'd encourage it. Um, there may come a time where you feel Jesus say, hey, you know, my grace is enough and you don't need to keep praying about it. I've heard you. Um, and if you feel that, then, then by all means, you could stop praying about it. Until you feel that peace, I would keep praying for it. We talked a lot today about just suffering and there's the other end of the spectrum. For some folks, um, maybe their lives are a little bit privileged. So the question comes, uh, if I've not suffered like others, sometimes I even feel guilty about that. Can I still be used by God without this need for suffering? I don't, I mean, I'm happy to hear. I, I hope that whoever wrote that will come visit <laughs> with me um, because I have a hard time imagining that there hasn't been suffering in yeah. your life. And I do, I do agree that some of us have more advantages and maybe do not suffer in the same kind of ways. But... Um, I think everybody has their cross to bear, right. um, as Christ would call it. And so if you aren't suffering in the same way as others, that doesn't in any way diminish your call to follow Christ. You know, John the, John the Beloved um, was the only one of the um, apostles who wasn't martyred. Um, and I, I, I think we wouldn't argue that God loved him less. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, in the interest of time, there's several more that are coming through, and we won't be able to ask all of them. Um, there is a theme that I'm reading, and, and a question I've, I've even had myself that maybe we can just tee up for yeah. the podcast, and that is, you know, why is suffering so important? Yeah. And how is that, uh, in our relationship with God, why must we suffer to be able to, you know, be that living testimony, if you will? Sounds like we should unpack that in our podcast. <laughs> Take a little more time did. than a minute, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a whole other sermon, but we'll do it in our podcast. We'll talk about okay. that a good bit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, again, for those of you who don't know, we have a podcast, This Is Whole Life. It comes out every Wednesday, and we'd encourage you to listen in. We'll uh, try to address the questions that we weren't able to ask today uh, during that podcast, and you can find that wherever podcasts are heard. Thank you, Craig. Great sermon, Tim. Oh, <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. Um, and thank you for that. I, the, these sermons have been meaningful to me because I feel like most of the material I've gotten is just straight from The Chosen, and I've just gone in and done a little bit, giving you some more Bible verses and some things like that. But these, these, these Chosen have really spoken to me. Um, they encourage me in my walk, and they remind me of, of what God's calling in my life. So... Um, thanks to Dallas for putting together, Dallas Jenkins for putting together just some incredible material that we pastors love to use. Um, family, I love you. I hope that you're not suffering. I hope that like life is perfect for you right now. But school has begun again. <laughs> and we, many of us have jobs. And wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus today, I want you to know that you're loved. You are loved. And here at Whole Life, you are very much loved and important. Wherever, whatever you're going through, wherever you're at. Let's pray. Dear God, 
Thank you for being the God that loves us in our suffering, through our suffering, and one day we'll remove all suffering. We look forward to that day. May it come soon. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, family, you know I love you. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.